Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, would you open up with me to John's Gospel, chapter 20. Um, I heard the story of a preacher who would always put a mint in his mouth um, before he started his message, and that mint would dissolve in about 20, 30 minutes, and he knew his sermon was over. One Sunday, though, he went on for a, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, until he realized that what he thought was a mint was really a button <laughs> that was in his pocket. Yes, I have used that, that joke for about 34 years. Some of you have heard that one before, but we always have new people. So those of you that have heard it before, laugh along with them like it's your first time. Amen. I want to share with you a message that I've entitled, Don't Miss Easter. Don't miss Easter. A recent poll that was taken in the U.S. found that two out of three people believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. 66% of people in the U.S. believe that Jesus literally rose from the dead. So if you figure we have over 330 million people, that would come out to about 220 million people in this country believe Jesus rose, only theoretically believe it. They believe it in their mind. But for us who believe it in our heart, it has made a difference. It has brought about a transformation in our actual life, not only on Easter Sunday, but every day of our lives by the grace of God. And see, that's God's desire. His plan is that we would not miss Easter. What I'm talking about is understanding, a spiritual understanding that God gives as the word of God is preached. The Holy Spirit touches our hearts and our eyes are open. I read about a young girl from Arlington, Texas. Her name was Ladisha Phone. On June 3rd, 2021, she graduated from high school, having never missed a single day of school for the past 13 years, from kindergarten to elementary school to junior high and to high school. 13 years, never missed school for a sick day, extra vacation, no family emergencies. It's quite an accomplishment. Is there anyone here that never missed school for 13 years? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, that surely is remarkable, but it's not the norm. I remember a time, some of you will not even understand what I am talking about, but I remember a time before cable TV, before iTunes. Don't look at me because I'm like that because I'm looking at some of you and I know you can't rem you remember that time. Um, no satellite radio, and if you missed a movie, if you missed a game, if you missed your favorite episode of your favorite program, you'd have to wait for what they call reruns, and that was a year later. And I mean, that was, you know, you just, when you missed something, you missed it. And you know, in our spiritual journey, relationship with God, there are times when we miss some things. There are some times when we miss 
when God is moving. We miss when God is speaking. We miss a divine appointment, a time when God wanted to work in our lives. This morning, my heart, my prayer, my desire is that not one of you would miss Easter. You would not miss the spiritual truth, the revelation that God has for you. But I'm glad that the God of the Bible gives second chances, third chances, fourth, fourth chances, and so on. God gives re redos, do-overs. He gives another chance. I want to read in, in John chapter 20, just a, a real powerful passage of scripture. John 20, verse 24. But Thomas, called Didymus, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And again, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them and Jesus came. The doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your fingers here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Do you know there's a special blessing upon us 2,000 years later because we have not physically seen the wounds in Jesus' side or his hands or his feet, yet we believe. So we are blessed this morning. Turn to the person next to you. Say you are blessed. What is interesting in this passage of Scripture that Thomas was one of the 12. He was one of the original apostles, as we call them. He, for some reason, after Jesus was crucified, buried, rose from the dead, Jesus had the first appearance, which would have been on Resurrection Sunday, on that first Easter Sunday. But for some reason, Thomas wasn't there. He missed it. He didn't show up for church that Sunday. He missed the first resurrection demonstration or appearance of Jesus that he had to the disciples, to the original 12. And we don't know why. Why did he miss it? Why wasn't he there? The scriptures don't tell us. The scriptures don't give us an explanation. So we could only... Uh, uh, just rationalize or, or think it through or maybe we could even apply it in our own lives and, and say how do we miss why do we miss sometimes when God is working are we, are we too discouraged that we stay home from church or do we have misplaced priorities where we, we don't make uh, uh, 
our relationship with God and church attendance important? Or do we just do we just have other things that crowd in? Maybe it's sports, maybe it's other activities, maybe it's work. We we feel like we don't have time for God. The scriptures don't tell us, but but he missed it. He missed the first resurrection appearance of Jesus to his disciples. Imagine that. Now, if you miss a, a bargain or a deal online or at the mall, well, maybe you can come next week or some other time and make up for it, and you could find a better deal as you Google it and you search it on eBay or on Amazon Prime, whatever. But, but think about it. He missed the first resurrection appearance. Thank God that's not the end of the story. We, we're able to read and we're able to see because the Bible tells us in verse 28, after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Thomas was there. Although we missed the first Easter Sunday, he could have lived with regrets. He could have lived with disappointments. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. But he showed up. He showed up even though he missed it the first time, even though he was maybe discouraged, maybe he was disappointed. In spite of it all, he showed up even though he had doubts. The scriptures are clear on that. That, that when the disciples told him, we've seen the Lord, we've seen him in his resurrected body, and Thomas said, listen, unless I see it for myself, I won't believe. What impressed me about this story as I'm, I'm reading it, as I'm studying it, is that Thomas had some doubts, but you know what? He kept coming to church. He had some questions, but he kept in fellowship with other believers. I don't know about you, but I've lived long enough to have some questions in life. That I don't, there's no simple answers for the, the complexity of life, the confusion of life, the questions of life, the, the misunderstandings of life. You know, if it wasn't for the grace of God, you know, all of us could be in some corner sh losing our mind. But Thomas, he showed up. He came again. He, he, Join with the other believers. What I want to encourage you this morning is in your doubts, in your questions, in your pain, in your misunderstandings, don't give up on believing or don't give up on meeting with other believers. Thomas, he came again. You know what? God showed up too. God showed up. Verse 26, it says, and Jesus came. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you in your faith, wherever you are at in your spiritual journey, if you keep coming, if you keep showing up, God will show up. The Bible says if you seek him, you will find him. The Bible says if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. It takes faith. It takes trust. It takes sometimes good old perseverance. I keep showing up. Keep showing up. You could have a setback. Show up again. You could have a failure. Show up again. You could be misunderstood. Show up again. You could be talked about. Show up again. Thomas showed up. And you know what? The Lord showed up. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. 
God is a God of second chances. God is a God of restoration. Jesus, I believe, made a special appearance for Thomas. I believe that Jesus knew and knows and understands what you're going through, what I'm going through, what Thomas was going through, and he said, you know what? I'm going to show up again. God keeps showing up. God's mercies, the Bible say, endure forever. The goodness of God goes on continually. God is better to us than we're to ourselves. The reality. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's better to you than you are to yourself. Jesus is a perfect savior for imperfect people. Thomas, he doubted. He questioned. He missed church that Sunday. Now the real test for some of you is if you show up next Sunday. What's interesting about this passage of scripture, Thomas, he is one of the 12. Jesus chose 12 disciples who became his apostles, the leaders, the foundation of, uh, of the future ministry of the church. And, and you know, the, we know Peter, we know James, we know John, we know, you know, Matthew, Philip, we know all them. And, and Thomas was one of them. Thomas is one of the original ones. Now, what's unfortunate about this story is that he gets the moniker, he gets the nickname, Doubting Thomas. Now, have you heard of that? That's someone who's questioning and someone who's doubting and, and needs proof. And, and you might use that saying, well, he's a Doubting Thomas. Now, what is so interesting about this passage of Scripture, as I'm thinking about it, nowhere in the Scriptures is he called Doubting Thomas. Think about that. Think about you have one of the original apostles, and, and, he, and he has a moment of doubting, a moment of questioning. He has a, a setback. He has a, a failure, if you will. And now he is forever nicknamed, forever called Doubting Thomas. The Bible doesn't give him that name. Jesus doesn't give him that name. The other apostles don't give him that nickname. Now what's interesting about Thomas, if you study him in the scriptures, he's mentioned, uh, of course he's mentioned in the list of the apostles that Jesus chose, but he's also mentioned a couple other times. Now this is... Um, this is interesting, this is helpful for us to understand God's word and, and the message God would, would try to speak to us this morning. He's mentioned in, um, I guess John, John 11, John 11, let me check my notes. Yeah, John 11, when Jesus was about to go to Jerusalem at the end of his ministry and he knew that um, they were, they were going to crucify him. He knew that the Jews were plotting against him and, and they were going to crucify him and, and the disciples also knew that. So the Bible says that Jesus told his disciples, we're going to go to Jerusalem. And the other disciples said, Jesus, the Jews seek to kill you. You know what happened? You know what Thomas said? Thomas said, let us go with him that we may die with him also. Now, that doesn't, talk, that doesn't sound like a doubter. 
That doesn't sound like a weakling. That doesn't sound like someone who's afraid of his own shadow. He said, no, let's do this. If he's going to die, we're with him. We're going to go with him. What Come what may, we're going to do this. Thomas is also mentioned in John chapter 14 when, when Jesus began to tell his disciples, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to go ahead of you. Um, I'm going to... to to the kingdom of God, and I'm preparing a way for you. And, G, and, and Thomas said to Jesus, um, tell us, you know, we don't know. What's, we know you're going away, but how are we going to get there? What's the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, Phil, uh, so Thomas, not only was he bold, not only was he uh, willing to die with Jesus, but, but he also asked questions, some penetrating, insightful questions that brought about a great revelation. He asked the question that gives us John 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So, so what, I'm, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that we have someone here in the scriptures that gets a negative label and it carries throughout church history. He's remembered not as Thomas but as Doubting Thomas. But I want you to understand something. Even as powerful as history can be and, a, and a, a nickname can be, God did not give him that name. He is not doubting Thomas. He's a man of faith. He's a man of boldness. He's a man of courage. He has never called that in the Bible. Man has called him that. He did have doubt. No doubt. No pun intended. He did have some doubt. But you see, he was able to testify. He was able to, to declare something so powerful, such a truth. He was able to say, my Lord and my God. You see, he had some doubts in his life. But that's not the divine, defining quality of his life. This morning, men might label you. Others might label you an addict a failure, a loser, an ex-con. Don't let man label you. Let God label you. What does God say about you and me? Come on, this is powerful. You've got to get a revelation of this this morning because man will try to label you. Even your own thoughts will try to come in and try to limit you and, and, and label you and, and get you to a place where you're so restricted and you're so hindered in your growth and your maturity and your vision and, and your, the plans that God has for your life. We know the story of a man in the Old Testament by the name of Gideon. The angel of the Lord comes to Gideon at a time when the people of God were oppressed and the people of God were being, being driven out of the land. And, and, and here's the angel of the Lord that comes to Gideon. And the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, you are a mighty man of war. And Gideon looks around and said, who, me? Gideon says, you've got to be kidding me. Gideon said, I'm, my, my tribe is the least, my, my household is the least in all of Israel, and I'm the least in my father's house. You see, that's how Gideon looked at himself, but God looked at him as a man of war, a mighty man of war. You understand this morning, it's not what man says, it's are you going to believe what man says? Are you going to even believe what you say? Or are you going to believe what God says? 
Are you going to believe what God says? God says you're a child of God. God says you're anointed. God says you have a future and a hope. God says I've got promises over your life. God says I'll make a way where there is no way. God says I'll restore the years the locusts have eaten. Who are you going to believe? What man says or what you say? What's more important? It's what your creator says. Jeremiah heard a word from God. God said to him before you were born, I knew you. In your mother's womb, I sanctified you. I ordained you. I called you to be a prophet to the nations. You know what Jeremiah said? He said, I'm a youth, Lord. And you know what God said? Don't say that. It's not what you say. It's what I say. Amen. That's why we need to get into the word of God. We need to memorize the word of God. We need to meditate upon the word of God. We need to hear the word of God. We need to speak the word of God. Because it's the word that makes all the difference. It's the word that renews our mind. You say, Pastor, when does your mind finally get renewed? Well, I'll let you know when I experience it. Because after 40 years, I'm still learning I need to renew my mind. There are thoughts that come in. There are negative thoughts. There are fears, insecurities that come in. And they come into all of us. And, and there's a battle. And see, you and I need to understand something that we need to get tough in the spirit. We need to get aggressive in the spirit. We need to fight this thing. It's a spiritual battle. If you think that you're going to get to heaven just by whistling Dixie and just skipping and hopping along, you're in for a rude awakening. The devil will fight you every step of the way. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and will quicken our mortal body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Poor Thomas, he gets a bad rap. It's called doubting. Thomas, all the days of history, it's become a saying, doubting, he's a doubting Thomas. But that's not what God said about him. I remember my freshman or second year of, of Bible college, I remember going through a very discouraging time where I began to question, um, not what I believe, but I began to question the call of God upon my life. Back then in Bible college, it's very different now, but back then in Bible college, most of the students came from uh, pastors' homes, missionary homes, and they had this upbringing and this background that I didn't have. I got saved at, at 18 years old, the youngest of five children, and didn't grow up in a Christian home. And, and, and I remember being in Bible college and, and going through this discouraging time and, and, and being at the point of saying, God, why am I even here? I became discouraged. I began to doubt. I was thinking of leaving Bible college. But you know what? God came to me in my doubt. I want you to know God will come to you in your doubt. I remember going into the chapel. It was, it was later in, in, the, in the evening and no one was in there. And I just remember sitting in that seat and, and just in my discouragement and my, my doubt and my questioning and my wondering, I said, God, why am I even here? And I remember the Holy Spirit. I remember God just touching my heart. And I remember just singing an old Andre Crouch song. Some of you young people don't know, but the songs you like today in 20, 30 years, you're going to be outdated too. I began to sing through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. 
through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in God. And the Holy Spirit just began to minister to me and I just began to sense a peace and a, and, and a courage that came over me. And you know what I realized? That God was speaking life into me. He was speaking a future and a hope into me. God can meet you in a chapel, in a church service. God can meet you in a nightclub. God can meet you in a jail cell. God can meet you in the belly of a large fish. It doesn't matter. Are you willing this morning to trust him? Are you willing to look to him? Are you willing to believe in him? Not just say you believe, not just come to a, an Easter service, but be willing to believe, to commit, to trust, to entrust your life. Jesus met Thomas at the exact point of his needs and he lovingly guided him back to faith in the right path. God wants to do the same for you this morning. That is the hope of the resurrection. First Peter chapter 1, the Bible says we're born again into a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what I want to say to you in closing, never, never, ever give up. Stay in faith. God will show up. Jesus didn't quit on Peter even though he denied him. Jesus didn't give up on Thomas even though he doubted. And Jesus won't give up on you. Easter is about hope. It's about hope for those who fail. It's about hope for those who doubt. It's about hope, hope for those who miss opportunity. Easter is relevant. Not only having resurrection belief, but we want to have resurrection behavior. It becomes real and it changes our life. We're living in a world that's gone crazy. We're living in a world that is sick and twisted. No, no moral compass, no, no moral guidance or understanding. We're living in a crazy world, but the power of the gospel is still the same. It still changes people's lives. It still saves and heals and delivers. Jesus died on a cross. He was buried, but on the third day, he rose again. His resurrection was victory over sin, over death, over hell, and over the grave. I want to read a few verses of scripture from 1 Corinthians as I close. It says in chapter 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand by which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and that he was, then he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have died. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. This morning you can say that by the grace of God. Amen. I am 
what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. For Thomas, he had a great struggle. He had a struggle with doubt. He had a struggle with missed opportunities, questions, discouragements, disappointments. But what happened was in his greatest point of his struggle, he gave one of the greatest revelations. My Lord and my God. You see, sometimes in life, the greater the struggle, the greater the revelation. The greater the struggle, the greater the breakthrough. And see, this morning by faith, we begin to understand that it's not society, it's not pop culture, it's not the God that has the answers. And even in our culture that tries to, to attack the Christian message, they cannot rob Christianity of the power of the resurrection. In Romans chapter 1, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Romans 10 tells us, verse 9 and 10, it says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised them from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Would you stand together as the musicians, the worship team come back this morning? This morning, as I just close our time together in this wonderful Easter service, as I close it, I want you to understand that our church, the, the core group, the prayer warriors, their intercessors, people are praying for you this morning. I don't know what you're all going through. I don't know how you got here this morning. Um, if I touched on anything that is relevant to you, nobody told me about you. Your friend, your relative didn't tell me. But it's the reality or the relevancy of the gospel. The gospel is still powerful, it's still real. And you can know God personally. It's not enough to know about God, it's not enough to know about the resurrection. You need to know it for yourself. And that's the revelation that Thomas received when he said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. He was the first one to, to explicitly declare the divinity of Jesus Christ. He had one of the greatest revelations in the midst of his greatest struggle. I don't know what your struggle is this morning. I don't know what you're going through. If you've had doubts, if you've had questions, if you've been hurt by Christians, by the church, you've been hurt by people, whatever it is, God is here for you. God comes to you again. And it's real. But you have to believe it this morning. You have to be willing to trust Jesus with your life. You have to be willing to confess your sins, not to a man, but to God this morning. To ask God to forgive you, to acknowledge you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. You need a savior. 
that's greater than yourself. You need a Savior. His name is Jesus. And he'll make himself real to you. You know, it's one thing to tell people, to try to convince them. But I realize if I convince somebody in my own wisdom, somebody else could come along wiser than me and convince them otherwise. But when you speak the word of God, and when a person truly believes it, the Holy Spirit convinces them. Now you've got to deal with God. And that's the power of the gospel. There was this one, there was this boy who was flying a kite. And it was on a cloudy day and the kite was so far above the clouds you couldn't see the kite. And a man came along and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm flying a kite. And the man said to him, how do you know? I don't see a kite. He said, every once in a while, I feel a tug on the string. And it's the same thing spiritually. We don't always see God or feel God or experience God every Sunday or every day of our lives. But you know what? There's a time when there's a tug in our heart. There's something in our spirit that makes us know that we know that we know that we know that God is real, that his word is real, that Jesus is real, that Jesus is alive. We couldn't do what we do. We wouldn't be here today if that wasn't the truth, that we got a revelation, that God revealed himself to us. So would you just bow your heads, and I would like to pray in closing this morning, but I'd like to give an opportunity. If there are some people here this morning, maybe you've been coming regularly, maybe this is your first time, whatever it is, something spoke to your heart, something in the scriptures. Maybe you've called yourself certain names. Maybe others have, have called you and given you nicknames that, that tore you down, that, that, that discouraged you. I want you to know that Jesus wants to come to you. He wants to peel all that off you. He wants to break that off of you this morning. And he wants to give you the hope of his resurrection, which means new life. It means a fresh start. It means a new beginning. It means a powerful living. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I'm going to just ask you just this simple question. Do you know God personally? I'm not saying, do you know about God? I'm saying, do you know Jesus personally? Have you experienced his grace? Have you surrendered your life to him? Have you repented of your sins? Have you asked him to forgive you? This is an awesome opportunity on an Easter Sunday, 2023, where you can say, yes, I commit my life to Christ. If that's you, would you just lift your hand across this congregation? If that's you, if the Holy Spirit, I see hands, hands lifted, hands raised. God bless you. God bless you. There's someone else, someone else. God bless you. This morning, today, you are willing to turn from your sin. You see, the devil wants to destroy your life. That the things in this world that seem so glittery, so appealing, so attracting, they're deception. It's deception. The things that people think will make them only give pleasure for a short time, but it leads to destruction. It leads to brokenness. It leads to guilt. It leads to shame. It does not satisfy. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life are of this world and the world passes away. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Jesus Christ went before us. 
He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he says, he, whoever lives and believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. This morning, God offers life. He offers eternal life. If you raise your hand and you'd like, we want to just identify you. We just want to pray for you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to ask you to say anything. We're going to just ask you to slip out of your seat. We want to just be able to come around some of the pastors, the elders, the leaders. Just want to pray for you. Come on, right now as the worship team begins to sing, just make your way out. We're going to close in prayer in just five minutes. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Just come, just come. You are for me. Come on, we want to pray for you. God bless you as you come. God bless you. you say I am. Yes, Jesus. I am chosen. Thank not you, Lord. Forsaken. Come on, just keep coming. I am who you say I am.